and welcome to Labors in the Harvest with Kevin Folger. This podcast is a weekly conversation about the gospel and the work that God is doing through those who labor for him. Kevin Folger, your host, is a man with over four decades of ministry experience. For 41 years, he served on the pastoral staff of Cleveland Baptist Church in Cleveland, Ohio. He currently serves as a North America Director of Spiritual Leadership Asia, a ministry that assists those endeavoring to preach the gospel and plant Baptist churches in the 1040 window with a particular focus on Asia. Now here's Kevin with this week's Labors in the Harvest podcast. Kevin Folger. This is Labors in the Harvest podcast. Today we're sharing uh, the next uh, segment of our conversation with Dr. Paul Chappell, who's the pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church and the president of West Coast Baptist College in Lancaster, California. Dr. Chappell, thanks for being back with me today. Thank you, Brother Folger. Good to be with you. In our last episode, we were talking about uh, your journey and uh, and then how God kind of turned the corner in your life when you were a teenager in, in Korea and some of the challenges that afforded so uh, let's pick it up from that point. Um, you left Korea. Were your parents still there when you came back to go to Bible college? They were. I'll never forget when my mom walked me down to the long end hallway at Korean Airlines Flight 003 from Seoul to L.A. And, uh, and you know, my dad was one of those men that, that I'm sure he would say as well was probably at times too busy in the ministry. And that was probably one of those moments when he actually had my mom take me to the airport to send me off to Bible college. And we both stood there, just Mm. the two of us, just weeping and weeping. And uh, my mother was such a blessing in my life. She prayed at my, at my foot of my bed every night and, and uh, was, was such a a help to me spiritually, but uh, they would, they stayed in Korea. I came back to Pacific coast Baptist Bible college in 1979 they stayed in Korea another year before they came back to pastor again in the States. Okay. So uh, what were your college days like? And, uh, you know, sometimes people have this idea, you know, uh, kids that grow up in a ministry home, you know, they don't have any, uh, you know, especially if their dads are pastors, uh, they don't have to work. They don't have to do anything in college. They just kind of float. Was that your story? Uh, well, I, it probably depends on who you talk to. <laughs> you, know how, you know how old roommates can be, but, uh, but I would just say that my my first semester there, again, uh, coming back from Korea um, is sort of a reverse culture shock. And so I was just trying to get my feet on the ground as far as where I was. And I mean, sure. literally, I went to college without a driver's license. I mean, if you can believe that, I drove all the way from Colorado without a driver's license and uh, checking in. They made me go get a driver's license. So uh, I had some growing up to do. And I met I met my wife to be Terry during that first semester. And. Um, Terry was actually saved through my dad's ministry up there in San Jose and she was a bus kid and her dad had refused her going to, to college at a Christian college. And so she submitted, she's a few years older than I am. And so because of her submissive spirit, we were able to meet and, and she had a walk that I didn't have as a bus, as a Mm -hmm. bus kid that was saved in the church up North. And, uh, and, and so I began to not only be attracted to her as far as a beautiful young lady, but to her walk with God. And it was during those days that I began to develop for the first time, really a real consistent personal walk and 
actually did start actually pastoring a church about six months later, really just went out to preach for a small group, but it became a church that we organized. And, and so I, I think over the course of the majority of my college years, I was uh, sober-minded and focused on what God had called me to do. Okay. So did you and Terry, you guys got married while you were in college? We did. Students? Yeah, we, we had to get special mm-hmm. permission, but we married in the middle of our college time after my sophomore year. And uh, Dr. Okay. Baskin had asked me to go preach at a church out by Palm Springs. And we had five uh, ladies in a mobile home. And that developed into a church uh, that we ultimately organized as a ministry out of the uh, Calvary Baptist Church in San Dimas. And uh, when we left it, they actually had a full-time pastor come, and uh, that was a great part of our college years as well, was being involved in ministry. Well, that's some real practical training besides what you got in the classroom, that's right. for sure. And uh, so, But I also, as I recall, I think you had to uh, work a secular job, too. Is that <laughs> yes, correct? I did. I worked uh, at okay. uh, Caterpillar Tractor. And uh, I would go there uh, every every night, uh, every day at three, and get off every night at midnight. And it was it was a tough time. I made seven dollars twenty five cents an hour and had medical insurance. But uh, we had our first daughter Danielle in the uh, in our senior year of college, and so we had medical insurance. and And God was just teaching me how to work and you know how to multitask. And, uh, and I yeah. I enjoyed that time. I, I was able to witness to men and and uh, and be faithful for the Lord there as well. So after you uh, finished college and uh, went into the ministry full-time, where was your full, uh, I mean, you went uh, to a church and worked uh, full-time for uh, someone else. That's right. Uh, After college, I I served for three years uh, with Jack Treber up in uh, Santa Clara, California. And we, we enjoyed that time. Uh, Brother Treber uh, had an excellent spirit, and uh, he was an organized person. Uh, he was given to cleanliness and so forth. And, uh, you know, some people have thought because we worked there that we went to Hiles Anderson College, but uh, that was not the case. He hired some folks in at that time from different schools, and, uh, and it, it, was a, it was a good experience. Uh, and, and yet there came a point in time when we knew that God was, uh, was wanting us to get into the pastorate. So that was what, what uh, mid 1980s? Right, is that that's correct? right. Uh, yeah, we, were, we were there okay. 83 to 86, okay. and we came to Lancaster in okay. 19, 1986 in the summer. Okay. Well, as I, as I recall this story, because I think I've heard you tell it a few times, um, you weren't necessarily looking to candidate for Lancaster when that all opened up. Can you kind of explain a little bit of the yeah, details there? Yeah, it's funny because we knew that we were, were interested in pastoring, and in fact, uh, the Temple Baptist Church of Lisa Washington had contacted us, um, and we had, you know, I think sent up maybe a letter or something and kind of had been praying about that. And a friend of mine uh, had asked if we would come and preach in Lancaster, and uh, he had gone to college with us. And so um, we were down here on vacation, and we came, and I preached Sunday morning. And I don't know what there were as far as the in the 20s in the morning and then that night i preached and i remember that there were 12 adults and afterwards uh he asked me if i just step outside he said we've got to cover a few church things and terry and i went down to the parking lot and while we were down there uh waiting he came about five minutes later and said well you got the vote 
And I said, what, what vote? And uh, he said, well, we just took the liberty because he, he had told me he was looking to go to the mission field. He said, we took the liberty to vote for you to be the pastor and you got the vote unanimously. And so uh, I, I said, well, I didn't know that we were, uh, you know, candidating for anything. And it was the next day up at Sequoia Park, Terry and I were finishing our vacation and, and I looked at her and I said, honey, it's the strangest thing, but I, I just wonder if God isn't opening that door up. And, and uh, there was no salary. There was no, uh, you know, organized Sunday school. The, the church was in foreclosure, we found out when we came down. Um, but, but God mm-hmm. brought us here. And, uh, you know, Brother Folger, I saw his hand in it then. We're going through a tough time right now with COVID and, uh, you know, the, the, the challenges of, of being fined every Sunday morning for having church and, and uh, all the things I'm facing right now. But in the midst of it, Every day, I see God's hand of provision and His blessing, uh, and and it just reminds you that you're 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 on the right path, you know. Yeah, well, it's pretty incredible what God's done in, in Lancaster, California, in the almost thirty five years you've been there. Because you started out, I think you mentioned just twelve people that voted you in as adults, uh, members of the church that night. But in a few short years, that church was running uh, over a thousand. You bought some property out there where you're located right. now. And of course, growing now uh, to a point where, um, just prior to COVID, running uh, three to four thousand right. every week. So uh, we we obviously understand that God did something special there. Um, so, what do you think is the key to that kind of growth? I mean, not every place is going to see it, but what do you think God blessed that particular place and and you in that in that particular way? Well, I really, again, it's it's all been God and. But I, I would say that God does honor certain principles and certain aspects of men's lives. One is faith. Um, and there's no doubt that, you know, we've been stretching in faith for these 35 years. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Uh, two is prayer. Um, you know, we have not because we ask not. And, and not only my prayer, but the prayer of the people here. And I would say even the prayer of others for us. Um, and then thirdly has been um, soul winning. Um, we have just continuously sowed a lot of seed. And even during COVID, we've been, you know, at least getting out to a few thousand homes a week and not in the homes, but to the doors and inviting people. And um, this morning we had an outreach over to the prison where we fed breakfast to the workers of a prison, 500 men. We gave the gospel to them in, in written form, but we're always looking for ways. And I think, I think besides faith, prayer and soul winning, um, would just be faithfulness. We, you know, we have people come and go, you can't stay somewhere 35 years without having folks come and go and even some staff and so forth. But we still have a core of hundreds of people that have been here a long time, really committed to the Lord. And I'm, I'm humbled by it. I really am. Well, and, and uh, it again, again, just to uh, walk on the uh, property there and see what God has done. is just uh, nothing short of uh, miraculous. There's no question about that. One of the ministries, of course, is uh, you folks have a Christian school, and that started, I think, s- several years ago, prior to the uh, establishment of the college. That's that right. right? Uh, we started the Christian school about 30 years ago. The college just turned 25, but the school uh, has been, in our case, it's been open only for the members of the church. I don't know why. I I did attend a Christian school um, prior to going to Korea and, and, uh, it was sad because that's the first place I 
heard a lot of cursing and, you know, just, just the, the atmosphere. Mm. And I remember a lot of that was from people that were not a part of the church that had the school. So we've had a closed school and, uh, I, this year was tough. We were down, I think right now we have, um, maybe around 350 in our school, but we've, we've had a school of three to 400 for several years. And it's a wonderful ministry. Uh, the students um, are receiving a Christ-centered education. We consider it a, an extension of the family, and we enjoy working with the parents. And uh, God has God has allowed us to see many, many victories through the Christian school ministry. Not all the kids go to Bible college, but I would say a majority do, and and uh, we're thankful for that. Well, I'm going to ask you one other more question on, in this uh, episode, and then we'll try to pick it up on the sure. one more episode uh, the following week. But I wanted to ask about West Coast Baptist College. You started that college back in 1995. How did the Lord lead you to start the college? What, what kind of prompted well, that? Well, you know, from, from our perspective, we'd been sending students uh, to a couple of colleges in the East that, long story short, had really changed uh, their philosophies and, and had some some problems. And, and then at the same time, uh, we had been asked to help with Pacific Coast Baptist Bible College. And I served on the board there for a number of years, put a lot of money into the college that, that was down in San Dimas. And, um, and I was teaching there and, and frankly, I was very content with that and, and would have been more than happy to, uh, just lend a hand and, and have a college like that a few hours away. And through a series of events um, that were very unfortunate, uh, you know, because we had really resurrected Pacific Coast, and there's a long history there, but we had a couple of preachers meetings, and it was going to be voted to close it. We voted to keep it open. It was really exciting. And then through a series of events, um, the college was was about to close, and uh, and and during that period of time, uh, this is. Uh, I can't remember the exact years now, but back back around 95, I guess it was 94, 95, uh, when it looked as though the college was going to close, we uh, sought counsel from a lot of men. And again, I remember talking with several uh, mentors in my life, including Dr. Tom Malone and Dr. Curtis Hudson. And we decided to start uh, a college under uh, the Lancaster Baptist Church. And I remember my wife telling me after praying one night for several hours, she said, honey, if it's just if it's just the kids from Lancaster Baptist, then you do what God tells you to do. And so we opened up in 95 with the unanimous vote of our church. I think we opened with about 40 students and um, it was humble. There's no doubt about it. We were meeting in a couple modulars. Other colleges called us the modular college. You know, there's so much grace between Christian colleges. And, and so yeah, right. uh, that's, that's kind of how we started. And, but as you know, God has blessed uh, we have right at 3000 graduates, um, of whom the majority are out serving somewhere, uh, in hundreds of them as pastors and missionaries. And it's been probably one of the hardest things we've ever done. Um, but they're most rewarding in many senses of the word also. And I got to tell you, Brother Folger, you know, every once in a while, someone will say something about a graduate that maybe isn't, you know, meeting a mark or something. But there are so many of these graduates that are solid as they can be doctrinally and personally quiet, maybe in a place like El Salvador or Nicaragua or the Philippines or England or or maybe starting a church in San Francisco or, or Seattle. But 
they're just steadily getting the job done. And at the end of the day, you, we only really succeed. We only permanently succeed when we develop others around us. And so we're praying that the college right now with COVID, we wondered how many would come. And of course the number was down, but I got to tell you what, there is a revival spirit on our campus. I taught my class Friday for 50 minutes and I taught on how to plant a church. And afterwards, and by the way, it was about 100 degrees and we were under a tent and there was ash falling from the fires. And it's so mm-hmm. hot. And, and I poured my heart into that lesson. I said, guys, I can only take a couple questions because I've, I've got an appointment. I took the questions and, and I turned the class over to Dr. Lester. And when I left, those boys began to clap uh, out of gratitude for that class. And so many of them have come up and just mm-hmm. said, thanks for keeping the college open. There's been a lot of volunteer prayer meetings just happening around the campus, uh, students being called to missions. And so there's a tremendous revival spirit right now. And we, you know, we really wondered if we would even open. So uh, all that to say that we we give God praise for what he's done and for what he's still doing. Well, it is a marvelous story, specifically during times when, uh, life is really testing and has certainly been that since uh, 20, right. the beginning of 2020. Well, I'm, I'm grateful for my guest, uh, Dr. Paul Chappell, on this uh, episode of Labors in the Harvest podcast. We're going to pick up our conversation again next week and finish it up with him. So I want to thank our listeners for being a part of today. And uh, again, please share this and encourage others to be a part of uh, this particular podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's podcast. If you've been helped, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Please feel free to leave us a comment and or a rating. If you'd like more information about Kevin Folger, please visit his website, kevinfolger.com. We invite you to join us next time with more conversations with Kevin and his guests as they tell their story of being laborers in the harvest. Mm-hmm.